Welcome to the Modern Medicine Movement Podcast with Dr. Thomas Hemingway. Have you ever looked in the mirror and said to yourself, I thought I'd be healthier, in better shape, feel better both physically, mentally, emotionally, and spiritually, and be further along in my life? If so, come on this journey with my dad as he explores all things health and wellness from a holistic, medical perspective, even as a classically trained physician. He'll share integrative strategies to optimize health and inspire you to join the modern medicine movement. Welcome, 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 welcome to the Modern Medicine Movement podcast. Dr. Thomas Hemingway here and welcome. It is a beautiful day in Hawaii, where I am podcasting today and just so grateful for you guys for listening, for sharing. Oh my gosh, you guys are why I do this. Thank you so much for making me a part of your day. It's awesome. I appreciate it so much. And I just, I, I'm excited. I wanted to share with you guys a little review that just came up a couple of days ago uh, on Apple Podcasts. I love it when you guys do these reviews. It not only just tickles my heart, but it just, uh, it helps. It helps get the word out. So please, please, please do that. If you haven't already, scroll down on Apple all the way to the bottom where you see those five stars. Click on the one farthest to the right and then the link above it. That's a little square with the pencil coming out the top, little notepad. Click on that and write a quick review. I read every single one of them. And this one is from Y Foos Mom. All right. Five star review. She says, thank you so much, Dr. Hemingway, for this info. I did not realize that most of the food I've been eating has been causing me to be unhealthy. Going to clean out the pantry and start over. Keep up with the podcast. Oh, thank you so much, Waifu's mom. Thank you for listening. I'm glad you're getting value. Ah, oh, it uh, just tickles my heart to get these guys. Um, so thank you. Please, please write a review. I'm so grateful to be a part of your day, to be able to share, to be able to help you get healthy because it can be done. It's not difficult. And that's what I share in these podcasts, the simple reproducible things that can actually make a big difference at the end of the day. And she was referring to something I've spoken on before of a pantry clean out or pantry purge, as I like to call it which is, you know, getting rid of all those highly processed sugars and grains and the seed oils. Those three things are almost the overwhelming majority of all of our health problems in the world that are diet related, which is most of them, right? We know the top two causes of death in the world are number one, heart disease, and number two, cancer, which are both largely caused by our diet. Who knew, right? They're preventable for the most part, and they're under our control. How awesome is that? So thank you for sharing that. I'm glad I could, I could support and help and get you some info there. I love talking about that. I love talking about all things health, and, and actually that specific thing you mentioned about the pantry clean-out or the pantry purge, as I call it. I have a whole module that's called the pantry purge in my course. It talks all about what to get rid of from your pantry. And unfortunately, it's a lot of the things that are there, but don't dismay. It's okay. When you clean them out, not only will you be better, much, much, much more likely to be healthy because you're going to then restock it with healthy stuff. And I teach you how to do that. So pantry purge. I got an entire module of my health course dedicated to that. And if you don't know already, but right now, 
for less than a week, it's almost done, is my big sale that I'm offering you for my birthday because my birthday is coming up. I'm going to enter my uh, 48th year and uh, I wanted to give you guys $100 off my course as my birthday gift to you. So regularly priced $197, it is $97 until my birthday, which is less than a week away. And so you don't have much time left to grab that course for half price for $100, 100 bucks, and you can change your health and change your life and lose weight if that's what you desire because it's simple, simple steps, but profoundly effective. So uh, jump on over there to grab my course. It's on mastermind.com. You can just go there and search up Hemingway, and you're going to see my natural weight loss uh, health course right there. And it's for everybody, not just for people seeking to lose weight, but just seeking for anybody who wants to get healthy. Remember, my mantra is get healthy first, and then the weight will come off. You will lose that weight if you get healthy first. So that's my course, and it's available on mastermind.com. I'll put a link in the show notes as well. And exciting stuff coming. In addition to that, we're going to be having um, an additional service that we will offer to you guys where we'll have a special sort of VIP group where you can tune in to me live a couple times a month and get added content and some kind of group uh, coaching sessions and things. It'll go along really, really well with my course. Um, so grab the course right now while you can because it's half price and then I'll be tuning you into the info on how to get to be a part of that VIP group where I will be live a couple times a month and be answering your specific questions. I can get right on the hot seat with you too, you know, via our live uh, calls and you can ask me questions and we can get into it. So that's coming real soon. Just waiting on a couple of tweaks on the platform and we should have that ready for you very, very soon. So that's exciting. But for now, while you can get that health course at mastermind.com, just search me up Hemingway. And I think you just have to type about three or four letters of my last name and you'll find that course. And I'll also put a link in the show notes, but natural weight loss and a healthier you by Dr. Thomas Hemingway. You're the one and only. So, so go ahead and grab that. Anyway, today I'm so excited to share with you a topic that I just think is so relevant because it's highly misunderstood. And it's something that that I think many of us may know intuitively, but maybe not, because sometimes we focus too much on what we see with our eyes, and that can be misleading. <laughs> so I'm going to get into that. It's something that uh, I often refer to as the skinny, not healthy phenomenon. So we'll talk all about that today. Super interesting, I think, from a physiologic standpoint, but actually very meaningful and important to know about, because it's not always your body size that determines your health. In fact, many times it is not because of what we'll talk about right now today in this show. So super exciting. All right. So this is, this is the topic. We're going to get into it where skinny does not necessarily mean healthy. Skinny is not necessarily healthy. It may be, but it just may not be. And there's probably an equivalent chance of either of those because the skinny not healthy is actually pretty common nowadays. And we'll talk about why that is the case. And also, you know, there's no magic number that says that you're healthy, not healthy with respect to weight. You can, you can carry some extra weight and still be healthy in a metabolic sense, which is actually the health that you really, really want. You want to be metabolically healthy. And we'll talk about what that means 
you know, and, and what is health anyway? You know, I mean, when I was in medical school, we always talked about how health was the absence of disease. I'm willing to submit it's a lot more than that, right? Health is having that vitality, that energy, that vibrancy, that you can do this stuff that you want to do, that you are not impeded, you are not held down by, by challenges with your health, with your joints, with your energy levels, with your, could be with your weight as well, whether it's over or under, whatever your ideal is. And so all of these things can impede or get in the way of ideal health. And so we're going to talk about today sort of that area of the skinny, not healthy that um, you may not have heard about before. And this is something that I think has is, is been getting a little bit more press lately. In fact, there was kind of an interesting article. It's been several years now. I think it was even in that uh, you know mainstream magazine, Time, Time Magazine, I think it was called Why Being Thin Does Not Always Mean Being Healthy. And, and what I liked about this article was that it shared a study that was done um, by a gal from uh, the UK, Dr. Ruth Luce, and she had more than 75,000 people that she looked at in her study. And basically they showed that skinny does not mean healthy because even if you're skinny, you may carry uh, what's called visceral fat out of proportion to your subcutaneous fat. And at the end of the day, it's the visceral fat that gets you into trouble right? The stuff that actually jiggles and wiggles and that you can pinch, you know, that stuff that's on your skin, that stuff that, that's uh, more sort of noticeable to the eye, the human eye, the, the jiggly stuff, the stuff you can pinch or squeeze, that's not necessarily the bad stuff. That's the subcutaneous fat. But the bad fat, that evil one out there, that sinister fat that you often cannot see and you cannot notice, you know, is the one that'll actually kill you, and that's called visceral fat, visceral. So I hope you guys have heard of that before. If not, we'll talk a little bit about it because it's the kind of fat that we really should be paying attention to, although it's not necessarily our first inclination because we just see what we see in the mirror, and that doesn't measure visceral fat very well, right? And so the visceral fat is sort of that fat on the inside, if you will. It's the one that... Um, basically has, um, you know, it's around our organs, like our pancreas, our liver, our stomach, our intestines. Um, there's this, uh, I don't know if you guys um, have ever seen pictures of this, but basically we have kind of a fatty, it's called the omentum, which is actually translated uh, means the apron, the fatty apron that's in our abdomen. And it's got the visceral fat on it. And <laughs> this is not the stuff that you pinch and squeeze and it jiggles. This is kind of the internal fat. And that's the kind that you don't want. Trust me, that's not the, not the good kind of fat, the visceral fat. But it's, it's often the one that, uh, that goes unnoticed and unrecognized. And it's the one that can cause a lot of problems with disease. And so we want to be able to know what the issues are with this visceral fat. And so we're going to talk all about that right now. Um, and this is the same kind of fat that can send the signals that basically helps cause some of the bad stuff out there, like insulin resistance, so to speak, um, can be certainly contributed to and to a great degree made worse and even cause, it can cause insulin resistance, this visceral fat, this bad fat that's in 
the abdomen, around the organs, around the liver, around the stomach, around the intestines, in this fatty you know, apron uh, that we call the omentum, the so-called omental fat. And this is the bad, bad, bad stuff that you can't necessarily see with your eye. You may look at somebody, and they may look skinny to you, but they actually may be very, very unhealthy. You know, in fact, what's interesting, I even put myself into this category maybe about 10 years ago before I really appreciated the value of high quality food. You know, I just always had this mantra that many of us have learned over the years that as long as you, you know, expend enough calories exercising, you can sort of eat whatever you want. You know, this uh, kind of junk food, you know, doesn't matter because I'm burning a thousand calories a day doing exercise or whatever, so I can eat a thousand calories of crap or, or whatever it is, which is not, which is not true. Although that's kind of what we were, th- you know, taught the second law of thermodynamics that basically says that a calorie is a calorie and, you know, we burn it the same inside our body, whether it's junk food or something wholesome, real and fresh, like an avocado, which you know, I think in our minds, in our mind's eye, if we take a step back and we just think about it, it doesn't make any sense at all. And that's what we should pay attention to. It actually doesn't make any sense. Like eating crap food, though you're exercising like crazy, can still make you really, really unhealthy because you are certainly what you eat. We are what we eat. Like my grandmother used to say, she was right. The stuff that we eat is what makes us up. So if we're eating Doritos or Cheetos or those quote-unquote heart-healthy breakfast cereals that are actually total crap, like that's what we're being made up of, these highly processed grains, sugars, and seed oils. Those would be my top three of things to avoid. If I had to just name only three things, it would be the highly processed grains, highly processed simple sugars, and the seed oils. If we could avoid those three things at all costs, we could almost single-handedly eliminate this problem of having the unhealthy visceral fat, which is largely caused by those things in our diet. There are some genetic components, which actually this gal, Dr. Ruth Luce, in her um, study out of the UK, she explains the genetic risk factors as well. But, but most of them are actually uh, dealing directly with our insulin resistance, which as we've learned, and I've shared with you guys ad nauseum that 88% of us or nine out of 10 people in the world are essentially metabolically unhealthy because we have insulin resistance. And a great number of those people like me, you know, several years ago, I, I wasn't, you know, obese or overweight. I was about the same as I am today as far as weight, but I was unhealthy because I was eating garbage and just exercising a lot and figuring it didn't really matter. And I actually had signs of insulin resistance. I wish I would have checked my insulin level at that time, but nobody was really checking it. And in fact, if I did ask for it, I'm sure I would have gotten laughed at because recently, I think it was about a year and a half ago or so, I got mine checked and uh, uh, my primary care physician kind of laughed at me and said, well, you're blood sugar is normal. You don't need to be checking that. In fact, the insurance may not cover it because you're not diabetic. And anyway, I talked him into doing it. And because I had been eating well and, and doing all the things that I talk about, my insulin level was super low. And so, you know, it was fine. I do not have insulin resistance, but I really wish I could have checked it about 10 years ago when, although I weighed the same, I think I was the skinny, not healthy guy, you know, because I carried whatever fat I had most of it probably around my visceral organs because it sure didn't jiggle. You sure couldn't see it. But I had all the signs of insulin resistance. You know, my 
uh, fasting blood sugar in the morning was, you know, in the nineties, which for me and my stature and everything and all that I was doing didn't really make sense. It was like sort of almost a pre-diabetic range. Uh, <laughs> although it was not obese or overweight or any of that, but it was because I was eating the wrong stuff. I was eating highly processed grains, you know, the so-called breakfast cereals, healthy heart, healthy Cheerios, whatever. We used to buy Cheerios like crazy. We haven't bought them in years, but we used to buy them like crazy. And they have the little label on their heart healthy. That's garbage. They're not heart healthy. You know, they got, they got that on there because, you know, this whole notion of, you know, the fats being the reason that people get heart disease, which is not the case. It's really all the processed things that cause inflammation because inflammation is at the root of all disease. But anyway, I, I digress. Visceral fat what we were talking about at the outset, in which we'll talk about a little bit more, is the stuff that can make you very unhealthy from a metabolic perspective, yet you may not look it. For example, a guy that I grew up with, his father was a marathon runner, and he was super skinny, he was thin, and he <laughs> had the mentality that, that many of us often have, as long as we work out, it really doesn't matter. And he was one of these guys, the skinny, not healthy. And he could even run, you know, like I said, he ran marathons. He ran like, I forget, maybe uh, 50 to 80 miles per week. And yet he dropped dead in his 50s from a heart attack. And I remember that none of us could really quite understand it. But, but actually getting to know the guy and knowing what he ate, like it made sense to me, or at least it does now, because that guy literally ate an entire, and I'm not even joking here, an entire half gallon of ice cream every single night <laughs> because he had just run, you know, 10 or 15 miles. And so he was burning the calories, but he was feeding his body garbage. And the guy literally died in his fifties, though he was a marathon runner. And I think that may be the case of a lot of these younger folks that are not overweight, that have heart attacks, that have issues like this, because they are the skinny, not healthy. And that's because they carry their fat in sort of this undisclosed, you know, secret location that is their abdominal viscera, their abdominal cavity around their organs and not in the skin where they can pinch it and it jiggles, but they actually have this most sinister type of fat, which is called the visceral fat. So that's what it is. It's around our organs. It's the kind that's dangerous. Sometimes it's referred to as the quote unquote active fat only because it's actively involved in increasing the risk of health problems. <laughs> But, but uh, the gold standard to finding it, you know, is doing some kind of imaging, like a CT scan, an MRI scan, which, which is not sort of super available to most of us. And our doctors are probably not going to do that for us because it's expensive and they may say it's not indicated. But that's the way to really be able to know um, exactly, you know, how much visceral fat we have. And I think a lot of us would be surprised you know, like skinny folks out there that um, presume they're healthy but may not be healthy because they have insulin resistance and they may carry all of their fat in places you just can't see it with your eyes, which is around the organs. And they may find out, surprisingly, that they have a lot of this visceral fat, which is the stuff that we don't want, okay? So we'll talk about later how we can measure this besides imaging because there's a couple other ways we can get some hints. Um, but I wanted to go into a little bit for a moment on why this stuff is so bad. So this visceral fat is just the worst kind of fat because it is the type that, as I mentioned, is metabolically active in the sense of contributing to all of these health problems that we don't want, right? Contributing to heart disease, contributing to cholesterol problems, cancer, inflammatory conditions, 
Like literally these visceral fat cells are just revving up sort of the inflammatory fire, if you will, that uh, is the precursor of all of these terrible conditions like the top one and two causes of death worldwide, which are heart disease and cancer are almost entirely caused by inflammatory conditions. And the visceral fat is sort of the ringleader. It's the general it's the leader. It's the one sort of in control and causing these issues, which primarily are inflammatory issues. Inflammation is at sort of the root of this through the mediator or the master hormone that we all are familiar with by now called insulin. Insulin and its resistance that is so common, 88% of us, according to Dr. Benjamin Bickman, who I had on my show a few shows back. If you haven't heard that one, please go back and listen to it. And if you have, re-listen to it again because he is li literally the world expert on insulin resistance. Uh, and he wrote that book, Why We Get Sick. I had him on my show. Uh, I don't know. It's been about a year now. And he really got, got deep with us on this issue of insulin resistance and why it's so common. And we do talk about the different types of fat there, the you know, visceral, which is the bad one that we're speaking of now, versus the subcutaneous, which is often the ones that we like to hate so much because that's the fat that we see with our eyes. That's the stuff that jiggles. That's the stuff that you can pinch that uh, we don't like to look at per se, but it's not the dangerous kind of fat in the same way as the visceral fat, which is sort of at the root of insulin resistance and inflammation and all these terrible, terrible diseases like heart disease, cancer, um, and all the other inflammatory uh, diseases out there. So <laughs> you got to know, you got to know, we got to figure this out. And so uh, besides being able to just tell um, with imaging, which is the gold standard and the best, because you can actually look at how much fat you have around your organs, that visceral fat, that's not readily available to all of us. So sort of um, another test we can do besides blood work, blood work is also super helpful, getting both a fasting blood sugar and a fasting insulin at the same time is super helpful because you can calculate what's called your HOMA IR, which is your insulin resistance level. Um, that's a really important calculation. If you can get both a fasting blood sugar and a fasting insulin, you can calculate that. And there's calculators online where you can easily do that. But I'm going to tell you right now, an even simpler way that doesn't require a blood test, it doesn't require any imaging, and that's something you can simply do with one of those little flexible you know, rulers like my mom always used when she was making us clothes. She would measure our waistline, right, when she was making pants for us or clothes. And basically, you take one of these measuring tapes, you wrap it around your waist. Usually, it's right about the belly button or slightly above the belly button where your actual waist is. You measure that. And you do, there's two measurements that can be helpful here. They're both um, useful. One is the waist to the hip ratio. And the waist, like I said, is just a little bit above your belly button. Measure that. And then you also measure, secondly, um, basically the, the widest part of your girth. Usually it's a little bit low around the hip and the butt area. And you compare those, the waist to hip ratio. And there's calculators out there and tables that will help you measure that. And then the other one that I find even a little bit more useful is the weight to height ratio. And as long as you're measuring your weight, excuse me, your waist, not your weight, your waist, <laughs> you got to use a measuring tape, right? Your waist, W-A-I-S-T, to your height. And as long as you're using the same um, metric, like either centimeters or inches, 
and you're using the same one for both, then it'll work out just fine. You don't want to take your waist and centimeters measuring it to your height in inches, right? You want to measure the apples to apples approach, which is your waist in inches and your height in inches, right? And you want to do the total number of inches, not like me, five feet, eight inches. I would do, in other words, 68 uh, inches for my height. And then my waist is 27. So if I took 27 over my height, which is um, 68, I think the number comes out to be about 0.4, 0.4. And so that's considered fine. You'd like to have your waist to height ratio less than 0.5. So you don't want your waist to be more than half of your height. That's usually problematic. And that's usually an indicator of increased abdominal girth or visceral fat. So there's lots of calculators on that online. Super easy to do. Basically, you just need one of these flexible measuring tapes. You stand up straight, right? And you put your waist circumference, which is just the measurement around the belly button or slightly above that. And then uh, you take your height and you do the waist to the height ratio. And there's been studies that show that depending on the value of that, you can have increased uh, risks of diabetes as well as all these inflammatory conditions. And um, like I said, just kind of the general number, if it's greater than 0.5, which means basically that your waist is half of your height, then it can be putting you at risk for all of these inflammatory conditions that we don't want, right? Heart disease, type 2 diabetes, um, cancer, colorectal breast, Alzheimer's, dementia. Dementia or Alzheimer's disease has often been referred to lately as type 3 diabetes, right? There's type 1, which is generally the one that's the least common, the one that you don't make appropriate insulin because you have an issue with the pancreas, you know? And that's a totally different animal than type 2 diabetes, which is largely preventable, which is where the primary problem is not making insulin. It's having what's called insulin resistance, right? And that's usually caused by all of these things we've been talking about, you know, eating the wrong stuff, eating the highly processed stuff, and then the obesity that comes into play after that because your insulin is elevated and insulin makes your body store, right, that carb meal or whatever it is that you ate as fat, so then you get fat. So it's not the fat that makes you fat. It's the insulin that makes you fat. And if you have insulin resistance, that can be an issue into why you are fat. But you can also have insulin resistance and be skinny, which is the case we're talking about today when we talk about visceral fat, which typically when you have elevated percentage of visceral fat, and, and you can be skinny and have this, you may not see it, but this can cause you to also be at risk for type 2 diabetes, as well as heart disease and cancer and and all these conditions that none of us want, okay? So this, like I said, the poor man's way of doing it is just a simple, simple measurement with a waist to height or waist to hip. Take both of these measurements, and uh, there's lots of calculators online which can tell you what's healthy and not healthy. Like I said, for the waist to height, generally you want to get yours less than 0.5. Like I mentioned, my personal values are 0.4, So that's just fine. But ideally, if you could ever have the opportunity to have a CT scan, have them measure your visceral fat on the CT or MRI scan. I'd prefer MRI because that way you're not getting any radiation. (laughs) So that's kind of the safer way. But, you know, most people aren't going to be able to get that. But there's actually a lot of data out there now because this is kind of more of a trending topic, that of visceral fat. There's even a guy that's real well established now in the health and wellness community that started out as a radiologist and he was just noticing this issue of visceral fat 
And now he's like one of the most well-read, well-known um, as far as this visceral fat, and he measures it. He's got a whole, um, uh, I think it's, it's many clinics that do this, but measuring vis- visceral fat. But like I said, that's a little bit um, out of our reach for most of us. Most of us aren't going to be able to get an MRI to calculate our visceral fat, but that's the gold standard. Like I said, we can all do it easily with just a little measuring tape, and we can take our waist measurement over our height, and get a good indicator of if we may be a skinny fat person, right? So abdominal, this abdominal fat that's inside that we can't necessarily see with our eyes can be a big contributor. The other thing I'd recommend is we get this fasting insulin level um, in association with a fasting glucose and do your HOMA IR, that's H-O-M-A IR, I being for insulin, R being for resistance, the HOMA IR score And that can be very helpful to determine if you're one of the almost nine out of 10 people out there that have insulin resistance, which I really believe I was back in the day, even though I was (laughs) really thin, you know, the skinny, not healthy, the skinny, you know, guy with the visceral fat. I was one of them because I had lots of the signs of insulin resistance. And um, I could have never known that by looking in the mirror. Nor could, uh, you know, my friend's dad who died in his 50s. You know, he was a skinny guy, but he, I'm sure if we were able to test it, I'm sure he had insulin resistance. And he, you know, insulin resistance and all the inflammatory conditions, you know, you can get and not be overweight. But it's basically starts with what we eat because we are what we eat. Whether we like it or not, we are what we eat. And food is medicine. All right, so now for the pointed end of it all, what can we do about it? How can we actually change this? If we are a skinny, not healthy, or if we just have insulin resistance at all, which is nine out of 10 of us, the good news is we can change that. We can change that. And I did an entire podcast on that. It was the one immediately after my interview with Dr. Bickman. It was, I think, number 20-something. But go back and, and take a look at both of those I talk how we can reverse this problem, that of insulin resistance, the most common health problem in the world. And it's often related, like we're talking on today, with your visceral fat. And so we'll talk about how we can, we can get rid of that or get our numbers down. So here's, um, besides just the general waist to hip and waist to height ratio, sort of a, another number to keep in your head, besides that 0.4 that I was telling you, um, or, I guess 0.5 is sort of the cutoff. If you're above 0.5 or your waist is half of your height, then you're getting into that sort of danger zone. Um, The other number people keep in mind, uh, according to the um, Harvard uh, School of Public Health, is this magic sort of number of 35 inches or larger for a gal and 40 inches or larger for a guy. If your waist is more than 40 inches, there's a really good chance that you have insulin resistance and that you have too much visceral fat for a gal 35 inches or above. And I I don't think that's rocket science. I don't think that's the best measurement, but taking that over your height uh, is also probably even a better indicator. Um, And like I said, super easy to measure that. And you want to be able to get rid of that visceral fat because it's what's going to cause heart disease, cancer, diabetes many times, and insulin resistance. So how can we get it to go away? Well, one of them is being active, right? Movement, my favorite vitamin, vitamin M is movement. That's super important. And this is something my friend's dad did a lot of. He did a lot of movement. He did, 
you know, marathon running, and yet he still died in his 50s. But I really think he was one of these skinny, not healthy guys that had a lot of insulin resistance because I know this, and he often bragged about it. He ate a gallon, or I should say one half gallon, so even more than we can get now because most of those uh, half-gallon containers um, have less than that, right? They have, I forget what the measurement is now, but maybe it's a third of a gallon or something, but they're smaller nowadays, which may actually be a good thing, right? Maybe we'll eat less of it. But he literally ate an entire half gallon every single night, and I'm sure that contributed to his overall inflammation and insulin resistance and all of that. But exercise is one of the things we want to do, of course, which can help us. And something simple, you know, when people ask me, what's the exercise I should do? And I say, well, it's the one that you will actually do. So whatever that is for you, something you enjoy. For me, it's surfing or biking or hiking, you know, that sort of thing, because I love those things. So I'm going to do them anyway. For you, it could be something more simple, like just taking a walk. And I actually, I love to walk too. And I often do that as my exercise. I don't run a ton because I, I just don't love it. And my joints don't love it either. <laughs> I'm like, you guys know I'm getting close to 50 and my joints aren't the same as what they were. And if I'm pounding the pavement, so to speak, they don't feel awesome. So I almost never go running. I could if I was being chased by a lion and that's what I like to keep it at. I don't want to necessarily do that all the time, but I love to go for a walk. I go for a walk with one of my kids and we'll just do a walk and talk and chat. Or I love to go for a walk with my wife, especially after a meal or something. I love going for that after dinner walk like uh, I saw many do in Italy. And that's probably one of the reasons why the Italians are so dang healthy. They, they just walk. They, I don't, I, in fact, I don't know if I ever saw any of them running around. I just remember seeing a lot of them walking, 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 walking. So exercise is very helpful. Um, diet or what we eat is probably the most helpful <laughs> with respect to getting rid of that visceral or abdominal fat because it's largely there because of our poor dietary choices. There is some genetic component, but, but by and large, it's dietary choices that can get this visceral fat to build up. And it's those three, those top three things they always talk about we should try to avoid. The highly processed grains, sugars, carbohydrates. We're talking about these highly processed ones. Basically, anything with a label and a barcode, we should probably be getting rid of, and the seed oils. And I've talked about all these things ad nauseum, so I'm not going to get too far into it, but if we can avoid those three and replace it with real, whole, quality, natural, organic, non-GMO foods, then we're going to be doing much better because those are really going to decrease our inflammation and they're going to help get rid of this bad visceral fat. I just can't even overemphasize the importance of eating real food. <laughs> so our pantry size may go down, but we can replace it, replace all those processed foods with labels. Even if they say they're organic snacks, that doesn't mean they're good. Just read the labels. If they have any seed oils in them, I don't care if it's organic, sunflower, safflower, canola, grapeseed, soy, soybean oil, all of that is crap. It's a seed oil and it's garbage, you know? The healthier ones, as you know, are coconut oil, avocado oil, Palm oil, macadamia nut oil, those are the healthier ones that are just pressed. They don't have to do this super highly processed, high pressure, high heat solvents, you know, to extract it and bleach it later because it's a stinky oil like the canola and all that stuff. We're talking about the healthy oils you got to focus on. If it has any of that other stuff, the hateful eight, as Dr. Kate Shanahan likes to call them, you should avoid it. So, Avoid those things, um, the seed oils, the processed uh, grains and, and sugars, 
and then replace that with just the healthy stuff, the real, whole, normal, natural food. So your pantry is going to be full of fresh stuff now. You can get rid of all the processed stuff that has a label. You're going to put fresh stuff in there, and you're never going to go back. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be amazing. And like I said, I have a whole uh, module on the pantry purge in my course where you'll get more of that. You'll get specifics, and, and so it be be cool to go through that. The other thing that's helpful to be able to decrease that visceral fat, that bad one that we talked about that contributes to... Uh, the insulin resistance and diabetes and heart disease and all that, the skinny skinny fat, so to speak, the visceral fat that you don't see with your eyes. Another big contributor besides our diet, which is super huge and activity level, is stress. The more we're stressed out, the more our cortisol goes up. And the more our cortisol goes up, the more fat we put in our abdomen. It's like a stress response. It's been well documented. You know, if we always are running around with increased cortisol because we're stressed out about one thing or another, or we can even cause our cortisol to go up if we have unhealthy exercise patterns. Like my friend, like he literally would run 100 miles a week. Like that's a little bit excessive and it wasn't healthy for him. That was causing, besides his crappy diet and his half gallon of ice cream every night, he was also elevating his cortisol with that type of a workout that he was doing so frequently that also wasn't good for his body because it elevated the cortisol. And having your cortisol elevated causes insulin resistance and it causes, you know, this visceral fat to build up. And I would guess that he probably had that. I, I'm not aware of his autopsy or anything, but it's probably likely that he had insulin resistance and increased visceral fat um, because his activity level could not accommodate for his... Um, you know, diet. I mean, I think I've told you before, but that one of my favorite shirts of all times, because it just makes me laugh, is the one of the of the raccoon that's work, working out and lifting these giant heavy weights. And it says, I eat garbage, or it says, I exercise so that I can eat garbage. And that is so not true. You can't overcome a crappy diet with exercise alone. You just can't do it. You got to get rid of the crappy diet, and you got to learn what to eat and when to eat it. And... <laughs> You know, you can't just exercise off those calories. It's not, we don't have the so-called bomb calorimeter that they use to measure calories. That's not how our bodies work. You know, that's calories in a vacuum, but we don't live in a vacuum. Our bodies aren't in a vacuum and, and everything we eat is truly, you know, food is medicine. So we got to pay attention. We are what we eat. We can't eat garbage just because we're working out or just because we're running every day. I mean, I used to think that I was wrong. My wife used to think that she was wrong. Many people still think that, that you can just overcome any crappy diet with exercise. And we often get away with it, especially in our youth. And then when you're in your 30s and 40s and 50s, you don't seem to really be able to get away with it. And that's from all these years of not eating well and healthy and natural, whole, real foods. All of those years, they do catch up to us because we become what we eat. We become what we're made of and we cannot avoid it. So no amount of exercise is going to get you out of crappy diet. Number one, eat real, whole, natural, real food. It's got to start with that. Then get your movement in, your six for six, your seven for seven, whatever it is for you, your five for six, five out of seven. Get your movement in, right? Whatever that is for you, the one that you will do is the best. You know, add some resistance training to that. Like I talked about, you just put some dumbbells all around your house and you just pick them up when you're in your net time, as Tony Robbins calls it, right? You're no extra time and you might be on the phone. You can pick up some dumbbells and start doing a little this or 
you know, I, <laughs> my wife kind of laughs at me because I'll be picking them up during any, like we'll be playing a card game. And while somebody else is shuffling, I'll be picking up some dumbbells. And I, I mean, it was hilarious. I was doing this the other night and my kids are just getting a kick out of it. And, you know, I just like to be moving and I know the importance of resistance training and they don't have to be heavy weights. You know, you can just move them more slowly, you know, take your time and move them real, real slow. And it's that your body can't tell the difference, right? If it's 30 pounds or 10 pounds, it doesn't know. It's the tension on those muscles. And you can change that with the speed at which you're moving your joints. And so whole nother podcast in and of itself, but the benefits of resistance training are huge. Movement, my favorite vitamin, vitamin M is so important. And then getting your stress levels under control. And I, <laughs> I have a whole section in the course on stress and stress levels and what's healthy stress, what's not healthy, how to how to, you know, be able to deal with all of us have stress. I mean, heck, this last year and a half, it's been crazy. But we can we can manage it and we can, you know, use it. Actually, you can use stress as positive. Did you know that stress can actually be helpful? It can be positive. And guess who gets to decide? We do. We do. So I got a whole module on stress in my course. I also did a podcast way back when, uh, I think it was in the first 20 on stress that gives some helpful tips. So super important. Um, and so those are kind of the, the real pillars of getting this visceral fat under control is our diet, what we put into our mouths. It does matter because we are what we eat. Our exercise level, it definitely matters. Our stress levels, right? We got to control them. And our sleep, right? We got to get good, high quality sleep. Those are sort of the foundation of how we can get healthy. Those four things, it's that. It's really that simple. What we put in, right? Everything that goes in our mouth, the exercise that we put out, the sleep that we get, and our stress. Those four things can literally make or break our health. It's really that simple. And uh, the cool part is it's all under our control. It is all under our control. So don't be skinny and not healthy, right? <laughs> be healthy, be healthy, and you can be healthy literally at, at almost any weight. I mean, not, you know, there is definitely obesity and issues associated with that, but do your numbers, do your waist to your uh, height ratio. If it's above 0.5, you got to be starting some programs, starting, you know, a different diet program or whatever, exercise and diet combined. And, you know, if you don't have one, you need one, check mine out. It's uh, super affordable, less than 100 bucks. And it can get you on the right track because you want to be healthy from the inside out. You do not want that hidden visceral fat to be your sinister enemy that's going to cause you to die young, even though you're skinny and not healthy. And you only know it if you pay attention, if you do the measurements, if you check your fasting glucose and fasting insulin, you check your, um, I've talked about this before, your highly sensitive CRP, which is C-reactive protein, a measure of inflammation. All of these things we can do to get an idea of whether we have chronic inflammation or insulin resistance. So I hope that's helpful for you guys. It's uh, something I love talking about, you know, just getting healthy from the inside out because I think it's so important and often we don't think about the basics, you know, what we put into our bodies that really matters, matters most. And I'll be honest, I avoided it and didn't think it mattered. I thought that as long as you were active, it could trump everything. Well, that's not the case. You can be skinny like I was, skinny and not healthy, and you can still die of a heart attack in your 50s because of these issues of insulin resistance and abdominal hidden visceral fat. So that can be an issue 
you know, check out my podcast with Dr. Bickman where I talk all about insulin resistance and then the one after that where I talk about how to reverse it and put that together with this podcast. And please share, share with your friends, your family, anybody you love that you care about, that you want to be around for a good long time. And I promise you, it's the small stuff repeated on a daily basis that make the biggest, biggest, biggest results in your life. Small yet simple things, big, awesome, great things can come to you. So that's it for today. I hope you're loving this show. Please share it. Please share it on social. Tag me at Modern Medicine Movement Podcast or at Aloha Surf Doc or Thomas Hemingway on Facebook. I'd love to hear from you guys. Shoot me a message. Shoot me an email. Modern Medicine Movement Podcast at Gmail. Check out my course, mastermind.com. Just search up Hemingway and you'll get there. Aloha.